0: Chapter 10, The Perfect Day He heard his dad start the pickup. Even though there were no job to go to, he left every morning early to look. Sometimes he just hung around all day at the unemployment office. On lucky days, he got picked up to unload furniture or do cleaning. Jess was awake. He might as well get up. He could milk and feed Miss Bessie and get that over with. He pulled on a t-shirt and overalls over the underwear he slept in. Where are you going? Go back to sleep, Maybell. I can't. The rain makes too much noise. Well, get up then. Why are you so mean to me? Will you just shut up, Maybelle. You'll have everyone in the whole house woke up with that big mouth of yours. Joyce Ann would have screamed, but Maybell made a face. Oh, come on, he said. I'm just going to go milk Miss Bessie. Then maybe watch. we can watch cartoons if we can keep the sound real low. Maybell was as scrawny as Brenda was fat. She stood a moment in the middle of the floor in her underwear, her skin white and goose bumpy. Her eyes were still drooped from sleep, and her pale brown hair stuck up all over her head like a squirrel's nest on a winter's branch. That's got to be the world's ugliest kid, he thought, looking her over with genuine affection. She threw her jeans into his face. I'm going to tell Mama. He threw the jeans back at her. Tell Mama what? How you just stand there staring at me when I ain't got my clothes on? Lord. She thought he was enjoying it. "'Yeah, well,' he said, heading for the door so she wouldn't throw anything else at him. "'Pretty girl like you can't hardly help myself.' He could hear her giggling as he crossed the kitchen. The shed was filled with Miss Bessie's familiar smell. He clucked her gently over and set his stool at her flank and the pail beneath her speckled udder. The rain pounded the metal roof of the shed so that the plink of the milk in the pail set up a counter-rhythm. If only it would stop raining. He pressed his forehead against Miss Bessie's warm hide— He wondered idly if cows were ever scared, like really scared. (laughs) He had seen Miss Bessie jitter away from P.T., but that was different. A yapping puppy at your heels is an immediate threat. But the difference between him and Miss Bessie was that when there was no P.T. in sight, she was perfectly content. Sleepily chewing her cud. She wasn't staring down at the old Perkins place, wondering and worrying. She wasn't standing there on her tippy toes while anxiety ate holes through all her stomachs. He stroked his forehead across her flank and sighed. If there was still water in the creek come summer, he'd ask Leslie to teach him how to swim. How's that? He said to himself. I'll just grab that old terror by the shoulders and shake the daylights out of it. Maybe I'll even learn scuba diving. He shuddered. He may not have been born with guts, but he didn't have to die without them. Hey, maybe you could go down to the medical college and get a gut transplant. Nah, Doc. I got me a perfectly good heart. <clears throat> what I need is a gut transplant. How about it? He smiled. He'd have to tell Leslie about wanting a gut transplant. It was the kind of nonsense she appreciated. Of course, he broke the rhythm of the milking along enough to shove his hair out of his face. Of course, what I really needed is a brain transplant. <clears throat> I know Leslie. I know she's not going to bite my head off or make fun of me if I say I don't want to go across the creek till again till it's creek's down. All I got to do is say, Leslie, I don't want to go over there today. Just like that. easiest pie. Leslie, I don't want to go over there today. H- how come? How come? Uh, be- because, because, well, because... I called you three times already. Maybell was imitating Ellie's priciest manner. Called me for what? Some lady wants you on the telephone. I had to get dressed to come get you. He never got phone calls. Leslie had called him exactly once and... Brenda had gone into such a long <clears throat> song and dance with her about Jess's getting a call from his sweetheart that Leslie had decided it was just simpler to come to the house and get him when she wanted to talk. It sounds kind of like Miss Edmonds. <clears throat> and it was Miss Edmonds. Hi, Jess. Her voice flowed through the receiver. Miserable weather, isn't it? <clears throat> yes, i He was scared to say more for fear she'd hear the shake. Hey, I was thinking of driving down to Washington and maybe go to the Smithsonian or the National Gallery. How would you like to keep me company? He broke out in a cold sweat. Jess? He licked his lips and shoved his hair off his face. Are you still there, Jess? Yes, m'm. He tried to get a deep breath so he could keep talking. Would you like to go with me? Lord. Yes, m Well Do you need to get permission? She asked gently. Yes, yes, m'm. He had somehow managed to twist himself up in the phone cord. Yes, i him, just, just a minute, he untangled himself, put the phone down quickly, and tiptoed into his parents' rooms. His mother's bag made a long hump under the cotton blanket. He shook her shoulder very gently. Mama? He was almost whispering. He wanted to ask her without really waking her up. She was likely to say no if she woke up and thought about it. She jumped at the sound, but relaxed again, not fully awake. Hey, teacher wants me to go to Washington, to the Smithsonian. <clears throat> Washington. The syllables were blurred. Yeah, something for school. He stroked her upper arm. I'll be back before too late, okay? Um, Don't worry, I done milking. Um, She pulled the blanket to her ears and turned on her stomach. Jess crept back to the phone. Hey, it's okay, Miss Edmonds. I can go. Great. I'll pick you up in about 20 minutes. Just tell me how to get to your house. As soon as he saw her car turn in, Jess raced out the kitchen door through the rain and met her halfway up the drive. His mother could find out the details from Maybell after he was safely up the road. He was glad Maybell was absorbed in the TV. He didn't want her waking Mama up before he got away. He was scared to look back even after he was in the car and on the main road for fear he'd see his mother screaming after him. It occurred to him, it didn't occur to him until the car was past Millsburg that he might have asked Miss Edmonds if Leslie could come too and when he thought about it, he couldn't suppress a secret pleasure at being alone in a small, cozy car with Miss Edmonds. She drove intently, both hands gripping the top of the wheel, peering forward. The wheels hummed, and the windshield wipers slicked a merry rhythm. The car was warm and filled with the smell of Miss Edmonds. Jess sat with his hands clasped between his knees, the seatbelt tight across his chest. Darn rain, she said. I was going stir-crazy, "Yes," he said happily. You too, huh? She gave him a quick smile. He felt dizzy from the closeness, and he nodded. Have you ever been to the National Gallery? No, ma'am. He had never, ever been to Washington before, but he'd hoped she wouldn't ask him that. She smiled at him again. Is this your first trip to an art gallery? Yes. Great, she said. My life has been worthwhile after all. He didn't understand her, but he didn't care. He knew she was happy to be with him, and that was enough to know. Even in the rain, he could make out the landmarks, looking surprisingly the way the books had pictured them. The Lee Mansion high on the hill, the bridge, and twice around the circle so he could get a look at Abraham Lincoln looking out across the city. The White House and the monument and the other end of the Capitol. Leslie had seen all those places a million times. She'd even gone to school with a girl whose father was a congressman. He thought he might tell Miss Edmonds later that Leslie was a personal friend of the real congressman. Miss Edmonds had always liked Leslie. And during the gallery, it was like stepping inside the pine grove. <laughs> the huge vaulted marble, the cool splash of the fountain, and the green growing all around. Two little children had pulled away from their mothers and were running about, screaming to each other. It was all Jess could do, not to grab them and tell them how to behave in so obviously a sacred place. And then the pictures. Room after room, floor after floor, he was drunk with color and form and hugeness, and... With the voice and perfume of Miss Edmonds always beside him, she would bend her head down close to his face to give him some explanation or ask him a question, her black hair falling across her shoulders. Men would stare at her instead of the pictures, and Jess felt they might be jealous of him for being with her. They ate a late lunch in the cafeteria, and when she mentioned lunch, he realized with horror that he would need money, and he didn't know how to tell her that he hadn't brought any. didn't have any to bring for that matter but before he had time to figure anything out she said now i'm not going to have any arguing about who's paying i'm a liberated woman jess aarons when i invite a man out i pay he tried to think of some way to protest without ending up with the bill but couldn't and he found himself getting a three dollar meal which was far more than he had meant to have spend her spend on him tomorrow he would check out with leslie how he should have handled things After lunch, they trotted through the drizzle to the Smithsonian to see the dinosaurs and the Indians. There, they came upon a display case holding a miniature scene of Indians disguised as buffalo skins, scaring a herd of buffalo into stampeding over a cliff to their death, with more Indians waiting below to butcher and skin them. It was a three-dimensional nightmare version of some of his own drawings. He felt a frightening sense of kinship with it. Fascinating, isn't it? Miss Edmonds said her hair brushing his cheek as she leaned over to look at it. He touched his cheek. Yes, to himself, he... uh, I don't think I like it, but he could hardly pull himself away. When they came out of the building, it was into a brilliant spring sunshine. Jess blinked his eyes against the glare and the glisten. Wow, Miss Edmund said. A miracle! Behold the sun! I was beginning to think she had gone into a cave and vowed never to return like the Japanese myth. He felt good again. All the way home in the sunshine, Miss Edmonds told funny stories about going to college one year in Japan, where all the boys had been shorter than she, and she hadn't known how to use the toilets. He relaxed. He had so much to tell Leslie and ask her. It didn't matter how angry his mother was, she'd get over it. And it was worth it. This one perfect day of his life was worth anything he had to pay. One dip in the road before the old Perkins place, he said, Just let me out at the road, Miss Edmonds. Don't try to turn in. You might get stuck in the mud. Okay, Jess, she said. She pulled over at his road. Hey, thank you for a beautiful day. The western sun danced on the windshield, dazzling his eyes. He turned and looked Miss Edmonds full in the face. No, ma'am. His voice sounded squeaky and strange. He cleared his throat. No, ma'am. Thank you. Well, he hated to leave without being really able to to really thank her, but the words were not coming for him now. Later, of course, they would when he was lying in bed and sitting in the castle. Well, he opened the door and got out. I'll see you next Friday, she nodded and smiling. See ya. He watched the car go out of sight and then turned and ran with all of his might to the house, the joy jiggling inside of him so hard that he wouldn't have been surprised if his feet had just taken off from the ground the way they sometimes did in his dreams and floated him right over the roof. He was all the way into the kitchen before he realized that something was wrong. His dad's pickup had been outside the door, but he hadn't taken it in until he came into the room and found them all sitting there, his parents and the little girls at the kitchen table, Ellie and Bryn on the couch. Not eating, and there was no food on the table. Not watching TV, it wasn't even turned on. He stood unmoving for a second while they stared at him. Suddenly, his mother let out a great, shuddering sob. Oh my god, oh my god, <coughs> she said it over and over her head down in her arms his father moved to put his arm around her awkwardly but he didn't take his eyes off jess i told you he'd just gone off somewhere Mabel said quietly and stubbornly as though she'd repeated it often and no one had believed her he squinted his eyes as though trying to peer down a dark drain pipe he didn't even know what question to ask them what he tried to begin brenda's pouting voice broke in your girlfriend's dead and mama thought you was dead too